Welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. And this week we'll be jumping into Season 2, Episode 7, Lie to Me. Yes, jumping into like Augustus Gloop into a chocolate river. I think he more fell than jumped. Okay, so that's fair. Well, I guess you're we're right. falling into this episode then. No, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. You called me on it. That's fine. I got it. You're right. You're you, right. You got owned, man. I can I can admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong. I can, too. <laughs> it's just I'm never wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. how are you this week, James? I'm all right. How are you? I'm fabulous, other than I have a, a nasty cold, and it's uh, kicking my ass, and uh, so I'm probably going to sound and look weird this week, but... Uh, no, s- you don't. You don't sound or look any weirder than usual, my friend. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to soldier on because you know the show must go on. The show must go on, in the immortal words of Queen. <laughs> my man, you know Fred. Give me one second here. I'm going to adjust this. I feel like I'm a little too dark. Now you look there, like now, okay. There, there you go. There we go. There we go. I was gonna say I, now you look like you're uh, being uh, questioned in a uh, warehouse. And uh, where I'm were you get... on the night of August the thirteenth? <laughs> Swear to me. Swear to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, um, do we have any? Oh, excuse me. That'd be a frog in the throat. Do we have any uh, uh, any corrections or notes from last week's episode? Um, no corrections or notes. We do have a, a, a very nice comment okay. um, left on um, last week's episode, which uh, was, of course, um, episode six of season two, Halloween. Uh, our our good friend Silver Siren. Um, left the following comment. James, you sleep exactly as is proper and most comfortable. And I love that you put it right out there and that it took Jeremy aback momentarily. Yes, yes, it did. It did. Whenever I talk about my nudity, it it tends to throw Jeremy off a little bit. Yes, yes. I'm 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 uh, it's not something I want to uh visualize uh <laughs> let alone uh, speak about. Uh, Silver Siren goes on to say, the two of you give me some of the very best laughs. You are similar in some ways, but different in others, and it's incredibly refreshing to see two human beings perfectly able to have differing opinions in such a peaceful uh, and often hilarious way. Uh, thank you for also thank you also for talking briefly about the semicolon project and for supporting it even before the founder lost her own battle. I did as well, and it was heartbreaking. 
Uh, I see the kind hearts of you both. The world needs more people like the two of you. Keep on keeping on. Sometimes it takes a while to be discovered, so hang in there. I know I'm just one person, but I'm very picky, and if I love your podcast, there are and will be others who do as well. Stay encouraged. Well, so, wow, isn't yes. that nice? Yes, so wow. thank you very much. Um, for I, the, I for feel the, like we don't really deserve that. Because <laughs> what she doesn't know is when we're off air, we're, we usually fight to the death. Not each other, clearly. No, 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 other people. <laughs> yes. Just in, in uh, abandoned warehouse basements, right. mostly. Right, other, with, other people. With swords. Um, with swords, yes. yes. Um, so that's, uh, uh, that's it as far as pod-related go. There was uh, some Buffy cast related uh news this yes. past week yes, out of uh out of san diego comic-con uh our titular slayer buffy herself sarah michelle geller uh will be starring in and executive producing uh wolfpack which will is a spin-off of the popular uh mtv supernatural teen drama teen wolf which originally aired from uh, 2011 to 2017 for six seasons and is about to air a uh, movie on Paramount Plus, which will lead into this spinoff, also streaming on Paramount Plus uh, sometime later here in 2022. Um, she'll be playing Kristen Ramsey, an arson investigator who's highly regarded, who is a highly regarded expert in her field and has suffered personal loss. She's brought in to find the teenage arsonist responsible for a massive wildfire that could be the reason a supernatural predator terrorizing Los Angeles has been reawakened. Now, I so. never watched the uh, Teen Wolf television show. Did, did you? I did not, no. 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 So I don't, know if, I don't know if this will be something that'll interest me or not but i'm glad to see smg back out there uh doing her thing oh yeah definitely my sister um is a big fan of teen wolf and she's uh been trying to get me to watch it for for quite some time and it's just not uh it was really never something that piqued my interest but um given that uh smg is going to be starring in this spinoff i might uh i might give it a watch give it a look-see yeah, just so I'm not, uh, just in case the spinoff ties too much into the original series, I don't want to be completely lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, now I, as you know, I'm a werewolf fanatic. That's probably one of my favorite, uh, you know, supernatural fantasy type things. And I'm, but I'm very, very picky about watching a movie or a show based on werewolves. It, I'm very, very picky about how the wolf or wolves look, mm-hmm. how they act, etc. And if it's not to my taste, I'm immediately turned off. And I'm like, meh, meh, meh. <laughs> Turn off. Um, I will say my, my initial reluctance to um, watch the Teen Wolf series on MTV was because I love, love the Teen Wolf movie with Michael yeah. J. Fox. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. um, 
And uh, it obviously has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with it, even though it does have some of the it it does have the same some of the same characters. Obviously, not the same actors. Character names, but, I guess you could say. Right, character names. Right. It's a it's a reboot in the truest sense of yeah. of a reboot, in that it yeah. changes everything yeah. about the the source material. Uh, so I, that's that's why I never really got into it. But yeah. uh, but like I said, with this spinoff coming and with uh, Sarah Michelle being um, involved in it, I might uh, might give it a look see uh, before the spinoff premieres, just so that I'm not uh, too lost when that when that happens. Alrighty, so. well, uh, keep us informed, James. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you be the the test monkey, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if you give me the thumbs up, I'll give it a watch too. <laughs> Uh, then that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So, all right. Well, and if you don't have anything, I'm going to dump dive right into these dates and deets. You should dump right into those dates and deets. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are revisiting Buffy the Vampire Slayer season two, episode seven, the 19th episode of the series overall. Lie to me. Our episode director this week is <gasps> he who shall not be named. <gasps> I didn't. I actually didn't notice that in uh, in the credits. Our episode credited writer this week is Bruce Seth. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Our original air date was. Did November he also produce <laughs> and, and cast and visual effects and? Uh, produce yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. It's one of those automatic executive producer credits for Joss. Yeah, yeah. Um, our original air date was November 3rd, 1997 on the now defunct WB Network. Our regular cast, as always, includes Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy, Nicholas Brendan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, David Boreanaz as Angel, and Anthony Stewart Head as Giles. Our guest stars this week include the return of Robia Lamort as Jenny Callender, James Marsters as Spike, Juliet Landau as Drusilla, Jason Bear as Billy Ford Fordham, Jared Paul as Diego, Will Rothar as James, and Julia Lee as Chantrell, a character that we will see again in future episodes of both Buffy and Angel, though she will adopt uh, two, two new identities uh, over the course of her future appearances. Same character but uh, she goes through some shit. And, uh... <laughs> you know, I, I was just, when you gave the dates uh, just now, the um, I realized this episode originally aired one day before my 19th birthday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Not that anyone else cares. That it, no, no one does. Yeah. Um... <laughs> 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 Our episode synopsis this week reads, Buffy's fifth grade crush arrives in Sunnydale, intending to deliver her to Spike in exchange for the immortal life of a vampire. So it just throws it right in our fucking faces. This yeah, week. M- mine's even more just like, well, I'll let you uh, hear. Uh, Buffy is lured into a trap by a group of undead wannabes who hope that Spike will make them vampires in exchange for giving him the Slayer. 
So that's even more just like, here you go. Here's the whole episode. You don't need to watch it. Right. So. Right. Wow. All right. Well, we dive into our cold open and we see a uh, young boy. Uh, he's uh, on a playground after dark and he's uh, sitting on a carousel and he's complaining about how his mom is always late picking him up. And from the shadows behind him, Drusilla emerges. And she asks him if he's lost. And he says, no, his mom's supposed to pick him up. And she asks if he wants her to walk him home. And he says no. And she uh, rambles about a lullaby that her mo- her mummy used to sing to, sing to her at mummy. night. And... Uh, um she's she's her usual batshit crazy self scattered nutty drusilla self so obviously this little kid is is wigged out yeah and uh he tells her he's not supposed to talk to people and she says well i'm not a person and she gets ready to she takes a step towards him and angel appears and steps in between her and this little boy and angel tells him to run home and the boy takes off and angel turns around to faces face drusilla and um they they clearly have a history together and uh yeah and she says a line to that little boy she goes um how does she say oh she says she goes, you know, she's talking about the lullaby that her mother used to sing, and she says, what song will your mummy sing when they find your body? I was like, wow. <laughs> um, so uh, Angel and Drusilla, uh, they clearly have a history here. She asks if he remembers the song mummy used to sing her, and he says he does, and he he basically he offers her a chance to take Spike and get out of Sunnydale and and uh, get the fuck out of here, right? And uh, um, Drusilla says, "Or you'll hurt me." And Angel, like he at that point can't even make eye contact with her. Like it's clear. like some shit went down between these two. Yeah. Which we'll find out later in the episode. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, he tells her, um, you know, she doesn't leave with spike. It's going to go real bad for everybody involved. And, um, as they're talking, we cut to a roof, across the street and the roof is on fire (laughs) no sorry and we see buffy is on the roof she's out patrolling and she stops at the edge and sees angel interacting with drusilla obviously she's pretty far away so she doesn't know what they're talking about and drusilla is basically telling angel that his heart stinks of the slayer and you know um he's you know he's in love with her and this and that and uh um 
Angel tells her that um, this can't go on. It's got to end. And she says, she tells him that it's just the beginning. And she turns and walks away. And Angel turns and walks away. And Buffy remains on the roof watching them both go their separate ways. And that's the end of our cold open. And here we are once again with uh, Buffy not trusting Angel and sees this you know, thing, this, this meeting happened out of context and is, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, here we are again, back to this cycle. Right. So I was like, although, and not to get too ahead of ourselves though, I don't, um, I don't think this episode, even with that and with, and with what we're going to come to see throughout the episode, um, of the kind of, mistrust i don't i don't really feel like this episode does heavily fall back into that no no this this just like hints like this like this just like when this happens this is just like a um you're like oh fuck here we go again luckily we don't but it's we do a little we put a toe in to this cycle again but right right yeah and and again not to jump too far ahead of ourselves in the review here but um I think I think what they do dip into this is it's more relatable and even more understandable than the past like yeah because are we, we, yeah should, be, we shouldn't we yeah because, because in this one at least she's seeing like a, an odd you know meeting between him and this right. weird woman and so yeah at least this is a little more uh, meat to the bone than like oh we shouldn't oh we should you know right Right, exactly. Well, we come back from what would have been our commercial break, and it's the next day, and we're at school, and uh, Jenny, a.k.a. Miss Calendar, is uh, trying to set up a date with Giles, Um, but she will not tell him, like, where they're going and what they're doing. And, of course, Giles being Giles, that totally fucks him up because, you know, he's, he's definitely a control freak. And, um, but she keeps prodding him and whatnot. And she finally convinces him to just meet her at seven thirty, and just go with the flow and see, you know, see what they're going to do. Obviously she's setting him up for a murder. Clearly she's going to, she's going to kill him. Yeah. That's, that's the first she's thing probably, I thought of. She's probably in cahoots with Ethan rain. Yes. Yep. I've already, yeah, I've seen it all. I've seen it. I know it. Episode over. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. <laughs> so, uh, so she leaves, and Buffy comes up, and um, he's he's all just flabbergasted and doesn't really know what to say because you know the whole going somewhere and not knowing what they're doing just totally melts his brain. And um, uh, he asks her, you know, like, did she patrol the night before? And she says, yeah, you know, I did a few sweeps downtown and no vampire activity and um he starts talking about you know that he's still researching spike and trying to figure out you know what his mo and his whole plan and and what he's doing there and what his overall goal is and um so far he's he says he's only figured out that spike's an extremely unappetizing character uh, but there, there doesn't seem to be a reason why he should have come to Sunnydale. And uh, Buffy doesn't seem real. 
Well, she she doesn't seem real concerned with Spike, honestly, and I guess it's because she's already kicked his ass a few times, like every time they've met. Eleven, eleven. What did you say? Eleventy three times. Eleventy. Well, last week made it eleventy. Eleventy four times. Yeah, yeah. So she doesn't seem too uh, too concerned about old Spikey, and uh, she kind of you know, reassures Giles that he'll figure it out. And um, Giles kind of notices that she seems down, uh, glum. And um, she insists she's okay, but um, he's, you know, he's like, why don't you, why don't you take the night off and, and, uh, you know, don't patrol or anything. And, and she's like, oh, okay, that, that's, that would, sounds good. That sounds like it would be nice. And he says, maybe you could spend some time with Angel. And um, she's like, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, okay. And uh, she says, you know, well, he might have other plans and blah, blah, blah. And she just kind of, they they part and she leaves still kind of downtrodden. And, um, and that's the end of that scene. Now, I, what bothers me there is I'm like, wait, why is Giles as, as her watcher like, trying to push her into the arms of this fucking vampire. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe you can spend some time with Angel. I'd be like, maybe you can not see Angel at all ever again. Because you're the Slayer, and he's a fucking vampire. Well, I think we've kind of, like, you and I have talk, talked about this a couple episodes ago. I think, um, and I think, honestly, what happens with Buffy and Angel in this episode, too, is a good example of it. I think... I think this is a clear indication that we've we've reached that um, that um, uh, stage of um, understanding agreement. Like, there's no more of that that um, well, well, you're a slayer and you have a sacred duty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like from Giles, I think I think this is kind of an indication of that. He, you know, he's kind of like sees that she's you know not herself so he's you know giving her that that leeway to take the night off and go be a 16 year old girl and you know he's he's not stupid he knows a 16 year old girl is going to want to spend time with you know the 245 year old vampire with the person that she's you know uh seeing or you know that kind on. of thing. Yeah. So I guess I just find it troubling that he's a watcher and she's the slayer and he's he's um encouraging this relationship with this fairly mysterious vampire. Well, I also think we've reached a point now in the show where there's a level of trust that Angel's established amongst everybody. I guess. Too. I don't I don't trust so. him. As a viewer, I, I don't trust him yet because I haven't seen He's still like I'm trying to put myself back of, you know, when I didn't when I didn't know anything about him other than what had been shown thus far, and you know, right. I, uh, I, yeah, I don't trust him. I wouldn't trust him if I were any of those Scoobies. I w- I wouldn't trust him. I'd be like, yeah, this guy. I'd be more like Xander, except, well, Xander's it's all about his jealousy of of the whole. But I mean, I would be more suspicious of Angel. Um. You know, like, I just, I don't know. This guy hasn't. Of course, I'm, you know, almost 44 years old. So, I have a little bit more. Uh, I've gone around the sun a few more times. And I don't trust a lot of people right out the gate. So, I don't know. Anyway. 
So we, uh, we're now in history class, and Buffy and Willow are passing notes uh, about Angel's uh, mystery girl. And, uh, <laughs> oh boy, is this a Cordelia thing or what? <laughs> uh, so she's there in, in class there, they're talking about Marie Antoinette and, you know, Cordelia is just totally upset. She's like, I don't understand, you know, why no one, uh, liked her, you know, like mistreated her. She was, she was so nice and, um, it, it, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of work to look that good all the time and. You know, blah blah blah, and and she was gonna let them have cake. Yeah, she was even gonna let them have cake, and then she's like, "I understand that the peasants were. How did she say it? They were uh, 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 depressed. Yeah, depressed. And yeah, and Xander goes, "I think you mean oppressed." And uh, he, he Xander's just sitting there the whole time listening to her talk, just utterly dumbfounded by her insanity, <laughs> and. Uh, Right before the bell rings, uh, Willow passes a note to Buffy um, asking if this mystery woman w- was a vampire. And uh, Buffy and Willow, as they're leaving class, they continue the actual conversation. And Xander joins in, and he's, of course, he's all happy that to hear that Angel may have done something wrong to uh, make uh, Buffy mad. And they... Uh, <clears throat> they drift into the commons, and um, Xander's trying to cheer Buffy up. And uh, as as you know, he he often does because you know he's a creeper. Uh, he uh, uh, this this guy walks up from behind them and says, "Well, maybe Oreos dunked in apple juice." And Buffy recognizes the voice, and she turns around, and she's just like, Ford! And uh, we come to find out that it's uh, a boy that she went to school with back in L.A. that she had gone to school with for like seven years that she had crushed on really hard um, in fifth grade. Um, And, uh, of course, he uh, I think he's a year ahead. And so uh, he was like, well, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, uh, accept your love back then because I was such an, uh, an upperclassman, you know, and kind of jokingly. And um, they're still clearly good friends and kind of affectionate. And, of course, Xander is way turned off by that. And she, he's like, doesn't she have any fat guy friends? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, yeah, she anyway. She's he's he's telling him, telling Buffy mainly that you know he's here. His dad got transferred, and so he's doing his last uh, year of high school here in Sunnydale. And um, they're reminiscing and whatnot. And she invites him to the Bronze that night, um, as they often get together there. And he mentions he needs to get to the admissions office and get his paperwork sorted out. So she uh, offers to take him. And uh, they go off together arm in arm. And uh, there's a funny line in this scene where she's talking about that she was, you know, in love with him in the fifth grade and whatnot. And she says that she used to uh, spend her evenings listening to I Touch Myself, the song, over and over again. And then she's like... Loping over him. Yeah, and then she's like, but, but I didn't know what it was about. So at the very end of this scene, once they've walked off, all of a sudden Willow 
eyes get really wide, and she goes, wait, that's what that song was about? And uh, we cut. Uh, clearly uh, pre-band camp for Willow. Yes, pre-band camp and flutes. <laughs> so that takes us to the bronze, and Xander and Willow and Ford are playing pool, and uh, Buffy shows up at the bronze and walks over to them and um, uh, Willow tells Buffy that Ford was just telling them about the ninth grade beauty contest and the swimsuit competition and uh, Buffy tells him to stop and um, you know the more people he tells the the more people she has to kill and he says he knows all her darkest secrets and Xander's like Want to bet? <laughs> um, he, yeah, he goes. Want to place a small wager on that? So come Buffy to find out, she's gonna... Angel would or uh, Xander would have lost. So, uh, um, spoilers. Buffy says. Uh, um, Buffy says she's gonna go get something to drink and tells Ford not to talk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she heads over to the bar, and who does she run into? But Angel. On hell. What? On hell. <laughs> and, uh. Oh, shit, where was I? Okay, so she heads over to the bar, and she runs into Angel, and, um, you know, they say hi to each other, and, uh. Um. Uh, he tells her he was hoping she'd show up there and Buffy notices he's holding a drink and she says she says you drink I mean drinks non-blood things and he says there's a lot about me you don't know and she says I believe that then we cut back to the pool table I want to pause right here really quick sure um, as they're standing there in front of that counter did you get a look inside the counter to see some of their food offerings no, what was there? Well, on the top, there there see, there appeared to be two levels to this glass case, and on the top level, there appear it it just it appeared to be some of those raggedy looking croissants. <laughs> um, but on the second levels where the real gem was, it was prepackaged individual um, carameled apples <laughs> uh, covered in nuts. So we can add that to the bronzes uh, menu. Prepackaged caramel apples. Caramel apples. Uh-huh. Uh, we cut back to the pool table, and uh, Ford notices Buffy with Angel, and Willow tells him that's Angel, and uh, Xander tells him that's Buffy's bow, and Ford says uh, he's not in school, right? He looks older than her, and Xander's like, you're not wrong. And we cut back to the bar, and Buffy's asking Angel what he did last night, and he says nothing, and she's like, nothing at all, and he's like, you know, I stayed in, I read. Then he explodes, and he's like, why are you hassling me, yo? Right. He's like, I didn't realize we were that serious, bitch. <laughs> and, and then she drop kicked him out the back door. <laughs> um. He's like, if you want to be exclusive, you should have said something. Yeah. And then she drop kicked him again back through the same door. Um, 
And she's all like, obviously, she knows he's lying, so, you know, she's all, she's starting to get salty. Yeah. And, uh, she, uh, she literally just turns around and walks away from him and walks back to the pool table. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was like, wow, okay, conversation over. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> um, so, of course, Angel's standing there, like, completely befuddled, and then for, like, a good three, four beats, and then he take, he follows after her, and Ford, uh, Ford's like, uh, he didn't want that soda after all, and Buffy says she's not thirsty, and, well, Willow says hi to Angel, and Ford. Said and I Angel noted said, Willow, Angel said absolutely nothing back to Willow or Xander. He just looked at him like, who are you talking to me? I was like, wow, um, dick. And Ford says hi to Angel, and Buffy turns around and introduces them, and, you know, Angel shakes his hand, says it's nice to meet him, and Ford notes that Angel has very cold hands, and Xander, again, in the back, like, you're not wrong. <laughs> Buffy gives him a, a little dirty look, and Angel asks Ford if he's here visiting Buffy, and Ford says no, he's here to stay, he just moved here, and Willow asks Angel if she wants to play pool, and Buffy says it's starting to get crowded, and uh, she's a little hot, and asks Ford if he wants to take a walk, and of course Ford does, and so they, uh, Buffy, uh, you know, looks at Willow and Xander and says she'll see them tomorrow, and takes Ford and just heads past Angel without a word and walks off. And Angel says good night. Ford tells him to take care. And <laughs> Xander says okay. Once more with tension. Right. And Angel asks Xander and Willow, you know, he just moved here. And Xander's like, yeah, and he moves fast. And Willow says, you know, well, we could still play. And she goes to rack the balls. And when she looks back up, Angel's gone. And Willow's like, see, you made him do that thing where he's gone. And Xander dismisses her and gets ready to break. And we cut outside and we're in the alley by the bronze. And Buffy and Ford are just kind of taking a leisurely stroll. Ford asks Buffy if that's her boyfriend, and she says, she says no, and then yeah, and then maybe, and uh, and asks if they could lay off the tough questions, and uh, he says yeah, and asks what uh, what they what else they do for fun around here, and she hears a noise coming from around the corner, and. Uh, tells him she left her purse at the bronze and asks him to go get it. And he says, yeah. And he takes off for it. And she, she, uh, takes off in the direction. She heard the noise and, uh, on his way to the bronze Ford decides to backtrack. And he actually follows after Buffy and comes around the corner just as, a vampire poofs away in dust and he asks her what's going on and Buffy tries to cover and you know say there was a cat and they were fighting and 
there's there there were multiple cats and they were fighting and then they left and he's like oh i thought maybe you were just slaying a vampire and buffy's and everybody's like, like whoa, 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 whoa. Right. buffy's like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and uh uh he's but ford's like you know you don't have to lie you know i know you're the slayer and uh, we cut to Willow's room and she's on the phone with Buffy and Buffy's kind of telling, giving her the rundown, you know, Ford, you know, uh, said he knew she was the slayer and, um, you know, he figured it out before she got booted from Hemery High and back in LA and, you know, Willow's all like, well, that's neat. And Buffy's like, yeah, I guess it is. You know, it's, I don't have to constantly worry. He's going to find out my dark secret. It makes everything easier. And uh, we cut back to another alley. And what's happening? Well, you know what? I'll just, I'll finish this up. Okay. So we cut, we cut back to another alley and Ford's heading towards a, a, a door in the alley and it's a big metal door and he knocks on it and it's got one of those like viewports that you open and it opens password (laughs) um it opens after he knocks and you know someone looks out and sees him and it closes again and then the door opens to let him in and we cut inside and someone's there's someone there with a welder and they're they're cutting the knob off of the inside door so there's the outside door and then there's a big metal inside door and they're cutting the knob off of the the second inside door and And if uh, i'm someone that's inside that little club or whatever it is at that time i'm fucking leaving somebody's torching off the goddamn doorknob (laughs) i'm like well see you guys later fuck this well, I I I get the impression l- later on that they're fully aware why this door yeah. is being removed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So F- Ford walks down a set of stairs and uh, into the main area, and it's there's dark, kind of gothic music playing, and everyone's all dressed in dark colors and wearing pale makeup and. Um, this guy comes up to Ford and he's like, you know, I don't, he, he clearly doesn't know that it's Ford because he says, he's like, Ford, hi, Ford. And then Ford's like, hey. And uh, this guy asks him how it went. Ford says it's good. And um, this guy's like, that's it. That's all we know. When are we? And, Ford cuts him off and he's like, soon. This guy's like, you know, um, yeah, hold on, sorry. This guy's like, uh, soon, okay, you know, you give me a little more information, you know, I'm trusting you out on a limb here, you know, not to mention the lease is almost up on this place and who's going to cover that? Ford calls him Marvin and this guy, 
gets really upset and he's like, Diego, it's Diego now. And let's let's okay. pause for a minute and, and let's let's explain how this dork is dressed. Okay, please proceed. Well, first of all, he's tiny little scrawny guy. Probably weighs a buck twenty, soaking wet with rocks in his pockets. He's got this really kind of nineties teenager goatee thing going on, or or more like a Van Dyke, I guess. Um, now, let's get to his clothing. He's wearing this big, roughly pirate shirt uh, with this flowing, velvety, purple cape um, ensemble deal. So just put that together in your head. That's how this guy has decided that, that vampire... Like, everybody in there is dressed like like how they think vampires dress or, or, or what have you. And that's how this guy's dressed, like um, like a parody almost of, of what a vampire would be dressed like. And it is lousy as fuck because he's wearing this outfit the rest of the episode. Uh, so, um, so Ford corrects himself and um, he... Uh, uh, as Ford's correcting himself, he pulls a pill bottle out of his pocket and opens it and pops a pill. And he tells Diego uh, uh, he should try Ritalin and everything's going to be fine. And um, this young lady walks over and uh, um, as Ford's, you know, telling Diego, just make sure you're ready when I say and true believers only and uh this young lady is she's done up do you want to explain how she's dressed jeremy she's dressed like a 90s hooer um (laughs) with a uh, like a corset top on her cleavage hanging out short skirt all fucking you know white painted you know within the dark eyes and lips and yeah she just like just stupid Oh, 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 and one of those, what do you call those things? Like a choker necklace thing on, whatever you call those. I don't know what you call them, choker necklace. So, yeah. I don't, is she, isn't she wearing a, a dress? No, nah, like I don't think Like a red so. velvet dress? Well, she's definitely not in the next scene, but I don't know. Maybe I didn't pay attention to her clothing in this scene. Yeah, maybe it is the next scene she's wearing that red velvet dress, and I'm just mixing them up. Um, so she smiles and says she can't wait, and um, Diego's like, "Well, I still think I should be on and be in on the plan." And Ford tells him he's just got to trust him, and uh, um, we see a scene from a, a vampire movie playing on the TV, and. Um, Ford says a couple more days and we'll get to do the two things every American teen should have the chance to do die young and stay pretty and he kind of looks looks off into the distance and gets a spaced out look on his fight face and he he mouths along the words that that the actor in the movie playing on the screen behind them is saying and it's uh, 
So you play your wits against mine, me who commanded armies hundreds of years before you were born, fools. And that's the end of our scene. And do you know what movie that was playing uh, in the club? Was that a Christopher Lee movie? That was Jack Palance. Oh, okay. And it was, I have it here, hold on. It was uh, Dracula. Dan Curtis's Dracula. Oh, no one cares. So um, we're back. <laughs> you set Dan him up Curtis on. Dan Curtis's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Sorry. Dan, from 1974. Dan Curtis's Dan Curtis. Bram Stoker's Jack Palance's Dracula. Starring Jack Palance. Okay. Well, still no one cares. As Dracula. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Willow... Simon Ward is Arthur Holmwood. Yeah, no one cares at all. Go go ahead. What's next? No. No. <laughs> oh, go ahead. So, Willow's... And Nigel Davenport is Abraham Van, <laughs> Abraham Van Helsing. I fucking hate you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, we go to uh, Willow's at home... And uh, she's getting ready for bed, and she hears it. She has French doors that are in her bedroom, by the way, that, you know, go outside. So I found that a little odd. That's usually a master bedroom type thing, but whatever. Um, Somebody's knocking on them. She opens it, and there's Angel. And she's like, you know, come on in. And he's like, well, I can't. Or she doesn't say come on in. She just She goes, well... And he's like, well, I, I, I can't actually come in unless you invite me. And so so she invites him, and he comes in, and she's all nervous. And she runs ahead of him. She sees a brawl, one of her brawls on her bed. So she runs and, you know, scoots it out of the way, out of sight. And um, she, she's like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not supposed to have boys in my room. And uh, so he... He says he needs her to find someone for him on the net thing, he says. And so she's like, okay. And so she sits down at her computer, and she's like, you know, what's the name? And he says, you know, Billy Fordham. And she's like, um, Angel, if I say something that you might not like, you promise not to bite me? And he's like, yeah, I, yeah you're going to say I'm jealous. And... uh he kind of freely admits that he does get jealous over Buffy. But he also insists that he's a good, you know, people reader and something is definitely off with this Ford character. So Willow's like, okay, I'll look. But if there's nothing weird, and then she goes, oh, wow, that's weird. <laughs> and he's like, what? And uh, basically he's not registered at Sunnydale High. Um there's there's just no record of him whatsoever, and she's dun, like, but he, dun. yeah, but he just supposedly you know went to the admissions office and all that. Well, then Willow's mother calls out from the distance, and she's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> so she grabs uh, Angel and sh- sh- you know shoes him back out the door, and she's like, "I'll keep looking. You come back tomorrow tomorrow night, and I'll you know tell you whatever I found," and blah blah blah. And um, uh, he's like, okay, but if you don't find anything good, I'm going to kill you. And she's like, I understand. And no. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, so <laughs> he, uh, and then he, he and then he vamps out and lunges at her just to scare her and yeah. drive his point home. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he says, "Don't mention this any of this to Buffy." And she's like, "You know, she's obviously uncomfortable with that." She's like, "Lie to lie to Buffy." And she's, she's like, "No, don't just don't bring it the fuck up. You know, it's not that hard." And uh, but Willow's all stressed out and fucked up about you know lying to Buffy. So we cut to the next day at school and Willow's about to take a, a drink out of the water fountain and in walks Buff, uh, Buffy and Ford. And all of a sudden she just gets all kinds of crazy and jumpy and nervous and, <laughs> you know, and uh, saying just weird shit. And uh, J- uh, Buffy Giles uh, comes up to Buffy and is trying to, give her his beeper number just in case, you know, something and, uh, he might, she might need him in an emergency. And she's like, listen, Giles, it's cool. He knows, he knows I'm the slayer. And Xander's or, uh, Giles is like, Oh, okay. And, and she, he, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but I did make a small correction. It's, it's miss calendars beeper. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And Let's uh, keep it. Giles isn't. Yeah, Giles don't have no fucking beeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, he pulls her. Giles pulls Buffy aside, and he's like, "You're not. You're not just like going around giving your secret identity out just to like date boys and stuff, are you?" And she's like, "No, Giles. He already knew." And blah blah blah. And I didn't even tell him. And uh, so she goes back to. Willow, and I've got a clip here to uh, illustrate how crazy Willow was uh, being here. No, so Willow, Willow is gone by the time Giles shows up. That's true, but I skipped over this because I wanted to play the clip. So, here we go. Willow! <laughs> What's up? Nothing. Do you want to hang? We're cafeteria bound. I'm going to do work in the computer lab on schoolwork that I have. So I cannot hang just now. Hi, Ford. Morning. Okay, well, fess up. What? Are you drinking coffee again? Because we've talked about this. <laughs> it makes me jumpy. I have to go away. Nice girl. So, yeah. Uh, that's just Allison Hannigan knocking it out of the park, you know. And that and that that all happens before the Giles stuff, right? Right. In, in the scene, we're all aware, so. James. Okay, I fucked up the timeline. Jesus. But yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, so uh, that night, uh, Buff, Buffy and Ford are walking around the um, Sunnydale campus. Sorry, excuse me. Had to clear my throat. Um, which I don't understand. I, I don't understand, like why they're doing this at night. Like, why don't they do it when they're there? Like, who wants to go back to their school when they're not in school? You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's go hang out at the school tonight, even though we were at school all fucking day. But anyway, that's just well. Me. I don't. Well, I think it was like it was the, it was the end of of their walking tour of Sunnydale. Yeah, 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 because the, as they're walking by, she says, well, I, I think you've now seen everything there is in Sunnydale. 
Right. And they're kind of making jokes about how dull, uh, how dull Sunnydale is when he spots a couple of uh, looks like a, a a guy and a girl heading up, um, like towards the school itself, like they're kind of going in, breaking in the door, and he's like uh, vampires, which. Th- <laughs> There's such a distance between them, and I'm like, why did he immediately go to vampires? Like, why couldn't it just be two kids, you know, fucking around? You know what I mean? Like, why was he just, those must be vampires, Buffy. And I don't know. She pulls out a stake and a cross and gives him the cross and keeps the stake, and then he pulls out a stake that he already had in his own jacket, and she's like, okay. And she's like, you know, stay close to me. Because you're not the Slayer, dipshit. And uh, Buff, they, they kind of head off um, in search. And, you know, Ford's right behind her. And all of a sudden, rawr, the vamp jumps out, jumps Buffy. And she knocks the female. She pretty much KOs her right away. And then she starts fighting, karate fighting with the male one. And they kind of go out of sight a little bit around a corner. And uh, Ford gets over the uh, the female and has his stake raised up. And he says, you know, tell me what I want to know and I'll let you go. And then we cut. And uh, apparently she's told him what he wants to know because Buffy dusts the male that she was with and comes back to him. And he's, he's like, what? she's like, what happened? And he's like, well, I, I, I killed it. And he's like, I just... I staked it, and it just turned to dust. And she's like, huh, okay, not bad. Newbie. Then she slaps him in the back of the head. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so he says, yeah, yeah, you know, I killed her, and it, it, she dusted. And uh, that's the end of that scene. Um, I, I like how Ford coughs. Yeah, like he like he breathed in some <laughs> like of the, he, some, like, like he, it was sawdust. It, it, Right, like he inhaled some vamp dust. Yeah. And uh, what happens next, Ames J? We cut to uh, Xander, Willow, and Angel walking down the alley towards the club we saw Ford in earlier. And Willow's telling them the only thing she could track down was this address, uh, it's the Sunset Club. She didn't find it anything incriminating. And Angel says, well, he, there's no paper trail, no records, and that's incriminating enough. And Xander agrees with Angel and calls him dead boy. <laughs> Angel asks if he could not call him that. The Angel knocks on the door, and the viewport opens, and the doorman looks out, and Angel tells him that they're friends of Ford's and the doorman nods and we cut inside as he's opened the door and Angel and Willow and Xander walk through and look around. And uh, Xander and Willow comment amongst themselves about how they stand out like sore thumbs. And Angel says, let's look around and tells them to check out downstairs and so they head downstairs, and Willow's asking if sore thumbs really do stand out. And Xander tells her she has too many thoughts. And, um, yeah. 
they walk by uh they walk by a man standing in a coffin he's dressed like your typical movie vampire and he's excitedly waves and says hi to them um xander xander's like asks willow if she's noticing a theme and she's like you know you mean vampires yay and xander says that's the one and uh it's this young lady that we saw earlier um comes up behind them and she tells them that they're newbies and that she can tell and willow says no we come here all the time she tells them not to be ashamed and it's cool that they're open to her and they welcome anyone who's interested in the lonely ones and this is a point angels coming down the stairs behind them and willow questions the lonely ones and angel says vampires and xander's like oh we usually call them nasty pointy bitey ones and this young lady who this is chantrell by the way the the girl who's gonna go on to make other appearances throughout both buffy and angel um it occurred to me i don't know if we ever actually learn her name no one says it no one says it yeah so um uh chantrell's like you know a lot of people have that misconception but but they who walk with the night are not interested in harming anyone they're creatures above us exalted and angel tells her she's a fool and xander kind of gives him a look and she's like chantrell's like well you don't have to be so confrontational about it you know other viewpoints than yours might be valid and she walks away and willow calls after nice meeting you and they both turn willow and xander both turn to angel and he's like you know xander's like you're really not a people person and Willow's like nobody's gonna talk to us now angel tells him that he's seen enough and he's seen these this type before and you know their children making up bedtime stories of friendly vampires to comfort themselves in the dark um and willow asks if that's so bad you know she says the tart the dark can get pretty dark and sometimes you need a story and angel's like these people don't know anything about vampires what they are how they live how they dress (laughs) and exactly as angel's saying that a dude dressed exactly like angel but with a ponytail comes down the stairs and uh like uh cuts between them and uh angel kind of clears his throat and and they turn and start to head back up the stairs. And uh, Xander's like, you know, I love a good diatribe, but I'm still curious why Ford, the bestest friend of the Slayer, is hanging out with a bunch of vampire wannabes. And Will's like, well, something's up with him. You're right about that. And we see that Diego overheard them talking and... Um, watches them walk away and um which will come back to be utterly meaningless and uh no oh yes how do you figure well i don't want to 
I don't want to spoil it, but it's utterly pointless that Diego overhears him speaking. Oh. Because once he tells Ford, do you remember him telling Ford? Yeah, and that kind of escalates Ford's plan. Uh, uh, mm. I can already tell that come the, come the end of this, we're going to have very different opinions about oh, yes. this episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, and that's the end of that scene. We cut to the library. What's happening there? Uh, nothing. It's on fire. Everybody's dead. Um, yeah. Episode over. Uh, so, uh, Buffy has paged Giles and Jenny away from their date. And the three uh, heading into the library there at school. And Buffy's apologizing for interrupting their date. And Giles assures her that it's perfectly fine. It was absolutely the right thing to do. You know, vampires on campus is a big problem. And Jenny's just like, if you hated it that much, we could have just left, you know? <laughs> like, and he's trying to be like, no, I didn't hate it. You know, it was it was fine. And come to find out, she had taken him to a monster truck rally. <laughs> and Buffy's like, you took him to a monster truck show? And... You know, she's like, well, yeah, you know, I was trying to do something different and having, you know, experience something you'd never experienced. And so obviously that went over like a, you know, a turd in a punch bowl. <clears throat> so Jenny um, is asking what happened to Ford. And she, Buffy's like, well, I sent him home. And though she does compliment him that uh, he dusted a, a vampire in his first time out. And then she looks down at this uh, one of these books Giles has open and sees a photo of Drusilla. And she's like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and Giles was like, my secret lover. No. He goes, uh, you know, and he looks at the thing and he says, uh, she's called Drusilla, uh, sometimes, you know, paramour of Spike. Um, she was recently killed by an angry mob in Prague. And um, she's like, no, she wasn't. She's alive and well. Because I saw her and Angel talking a few nights ago. And Jenny's like, well, I, I thought Angel was a good guy. They're like, yeah, he is. And he's, Giles decides he should find out more about Drusilla. And he, so he heads to his office to get one of his newer uh, books. And runs headfirst into that female vampire from earlier. And she uh, just kind of tosses him aside into Buffy, and they both fall down, and the the female vamp runs past them up into the stacks and then out that weird fucking entrance exit they have up there. And he's Giles is like, you know, she took one of my books. What the fuck? And um, Buffy's far more fucked up because she's like that's the female vampire one of them that we fought earlier and, and Ford said he killed her clearly not he's a he's a clear uh, fucking liar fucking liar so um, down in that in the factory deal there where Spike and Drew and all his minions uh, call home she's talking to this bird that's dead that's in a cage, and it's dead. 
and she's like, I'll give you a seed if you sing, and it's just, it's fucking dead. So Spike comes in, and kind of a little miffed that he found out from one of his minions that Drusilla was out and about the night before and ran into Angel, and he's kind of lecturing her on that, and uh, Drusilla's still trying to get the bird to sing and everything, and Spike kind of snaps, and he's like, the fucking bird is fucking dead, you fucking lunatic. You know, basically. He says it in different words, but... And she's like, oh, you know, and... Then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, and... They are, uh... <clears throat> he's like, what if I get you a new bird, and blah, 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 and... About that time, they get interrupted by Ford. And... Spike's like, where the fuck is my security? You know, this dude just shows up. And he's uh, he, he's trying to make a deal with Spike. And he's like, but you got to say the, you know, you have 30 seconds to convince me not to kill you. And Spike's like, you know, he's like, fuck that. And he just walks up and grabs the dude. He's about to eat him. And Drusilla's like, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And. Ford says he wants, basically he says he wants to be a vamp. Um, and Spike's like, I've only known you for two minutes and I definitely don't want to fucking know you for all of eternity. And he's like, I already don't like you. And um, But then Ford offers him a trade. Says, you make me a vampire um, and I'll give you the Slayer. And suddenly Spike is a little interested in that situation. So then we cut to Buffy in her kitchen being all depressed and mopey. And (laughs) Angel knocks on the back door. Well, he doesn't really knock because the back door is just kind of ajar for some reason. Yeah, and he like he kind of pushes it open and Yeah, he's like, Can I come in? And she's like, Well, you fucking already are, you fucking asshole. No, he's like he pushes it open and he asks if he can come in and she's like, sure. And she's, she's like, I thought once you were invited, you could always just walk in. And he's like, I can. I was just being polite. Then he closes the door behind him, which I thought I thought was weird because like, yeah, Buffy's right. He could just walk in, but why would he just walk into her house without like just like anybody without, else? Wouldn't they knock? <laughs> right. Although he does just randomly fucking appear in her bedroom and shit, like at middle of the night. That's true. So she's probably like, why are you knocking? That's true. So Um, uh, do you want to take the scene? Yeah, I'll take it. Okay, take it. Uh, So he he tells her that they need to talk. And she's she's very standoffish. And she's all like, do we? She picks up her... I'm presuming she's drinking coffee. She's got a mug of something. It's probably Presuming it's probably Buffy. fucking bourbon. <laughs> wow. Do we think do we think Buffy's secretly a hardcore alcoholic? Oh yeah, she's a functioning alcoholic for sure. Because she's seen some shit already. Oh, she it has. Is. She's got. She's in like the ninth circle of PTSD, dude. Like, yeah. and so she has she's to drink. Fucking died, dude. She exactly. She's been. She's sixteen, and she's already been dead once. Right. Yeah, she is a fucking right. drinker. She's yeah, she's only been the Slayer for, like, what, maybe two years? Mm-hmm. If that. She's died once. Yep. Yeah. She has seen yeah. some shit. Burnt down her you're old right. school. Yeah, you're right. She's a drinker. Yep. 
Um, <laughs> uh, so she takes off into the dining room and Angel tells her it's it's about Ford and he's not what he seems. And Buffy's like, well, who is these days? And Angel tell, tells her Willow ran him down on the computer and Buffy seems kind of surprised and she's like, Willow, you know? And Angel's like, we found this address and we checked it out with Xander and it turns out and now Buffy's really like, what the fuck's going on? And she's like, Xander too? Like, so everyone's just in on this great big exciting conspiracy. And Buffy, Angel's like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and Buffy's like, I'm talking about the people I, I trust. She's like, Who's and then she Drusilla? throws the bourbon in his face, and he's like, right. yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm a vampire. It doesn't have any effect on me. And she's I can't like, get drunk. She's like, I had it blessed by a priest. And he's like, ah! And his face oh, starts melting. Oh, my God. Holy bourbon. I'm melting. <laughs> Holy bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> she asks him who Drusilla is, and right away he gets, like, he's like, he looks away, and like, you know, Telly's been caught in a lie. And she's like, and don't lie to me. I'm fucking tired of being lied to by all you sons of bitches. And she, he tells her, you know, sometimes lies are necessary. And, and she says, well, sometimes she, knives are necessary. And then she fucking stabs even the fucking ear. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they have this really brutal, like Mister and Mrs. Mrs. Smith type fight. <laughs> yeah, all through the, the house, buff- yeah. Summer's house. And- Everything gets destroyed. Right. We we clearly won't be seeing the Summer's home set again anytime soon. No, no, no. They got to rebuild that. Yeah, this that motherfucker. Shit. They need to just burn it down at this point. No, and she she's like, you know, for what and. He tells her, you know, sometimes the truth is worse. You you live long enough and you find that out. She tells him she can. She's like, I can handle the truth. No. Um, she tells him she can take the truth. And he asks her if she loves him. And she thinks about it. She's like, I love you, but I don't know if I trust you. And he's like. Maybe you shouldn't do either. And she's like, you know, maybe you should let me be the one who decides that. And Angel tells her, you know, I did a lot of unconscionable things when I became a vampire. Drusilla was the worst. She was an obsession of mine. She was pure and sweet and chaste. Buffy interrupts him and she's like, and you made her a vampire. And he says, first I made her insane. Killed everybody she loved. Visited every mental torture on her I could devise. She eventually fled to a convent. And on the day she took her holy orders, I turned her into a demon. And then Buffy cuts in and says, did you order the code red? And he says, you're goddamn right I did. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm, wow. Wrong shit. This would have wrong, yeah. Also, that joke would have played a lot better back when I was talking about Buffy saying she could handle the truth. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You're, you're but you were flowing, and I didn't want to. I didn't. You were flowing pretty good, and I didn't want to jump in and, and fuck your flow up. So, no, you got. You have to jump in. 
You have to interrupt the flow for the joke. So always. So you're saying always. you're you're saying don't fake the funk on a nasty dunk. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Gotcha. Uh, uh, Buffy's like she's clearly like ished out. Yeah. By this revelation, as I think Un- most people would be. <laughs> right. Like understandably. She's like, it would have been bad enough if you'd have just told me, you know, you 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 grabbed her, you turned her into a vampire, um, you know, you guys fucked for a couple couple fucking decades or something. But goddamn, right. like, shit. Um, and she's like, well, I asked for the truth, and then he was like, you can't handle the truth. And there, I did it. And uh, that was better. That was better. Better yeah. timing. Okay. Okay. And um, Angel tells her that Ford's part of some society that reveres vampire and just practically worships them. And he doesn't know what he wants from her, but she can't trust him. I love that line. I love that line because, you know, he says, you know, he's part of a society that worships vampires and you can't trust him. And I'm like, you are a fucking vampire and she trusts you. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a little, it's a little, it's like, wow, buddy, pot, kettle. Uh, I don't know. You've been pretty um, shady thus far. And you are I a literal vampire. <laughs> I don't know. I, I disagree to the extent that, uh, and I, again, this goes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier. Like, I think, I think Angel's earned himself a certain amount of trust amongst these people. It, he had, you know? in fairness, you're right, but I'm just, I look at it from my own, my own real, real, like how I would really be in real life. And, and I know that I would not, right. I would still be leery, very leery of this dude. Well, see, and, and I mean, and I'm potentially looking at it the same way, but in my case, like, like if this, if this person, regardless if he's a vampire or not, has actively saved my ass on numerous occasions like he's got he's earned my trust. Yeah. So you're um, you're a little more um trusting than I am apparently. I'm a very cold well, I mean, closed off asshole. If someone has <laughs> sa- if someone has saved my life on several occasions, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put See, a I just level of I couldn't I them. couldn't get past I wouldn't be able to get past the whole he's a fucking vampire, which means he's not a real person. He's just a demon in wow. in people clothing. Wow. And, and, and he's that's, in a skin suit. That's that's vamp vampirist is what that is. <laughs> and I'll admit it. I would wow. be. I would just not. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that's that scene, and we cut to school the next day. And that bitch is on fire again. <laughs> There's kids running out the door. Right, bad CGI of people <laughs> on fire as they're screaming yeah. and running out the door. The flames aren't um, even really touching their body. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and we cut, uh, we cut to school the next day, and Buffy's walking upstairs to the quad, and she meets Ford there, and um, they, uh, they. Uh, have a little back and forth and uh, end up agreeing to meet back there at, at the school at nine so that they can Buffy or Ford basically 
wants to take her out on a su- surprise. It's a date, basically, yeah. and but it's a surprise, and they agree to meet there um, at nine o'clock tonight. And this is possibly we'll talk. I'm going to talk about this now. Um, this is quite possibly my only major gripe with the entire episode is how this fucking scene is shot. Well, this is cl- okay. I'm glad you brought this up because this is clearly a pick some pickup shooting. Like this was definitely done after the episode had wrapped. Um, don't ask me how I know that. I'm just a brilliant, brilliant motherfucker. No, honestly, I'm I'm pretty good, especially in '90s TV shows, of being able to tell you when, being able to say, "Oh shit, this is a pickup shot." You can just tell this is like, this is like um, an assistant director or someone uh, doing a pickup shot. Like you know, somebody in editing was like, "Fuck, we need this transition." Da, 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 da. Go go grab them and film you know this and write a few lines of dialogue and, but right. it ends up looking very very bad. Right. I don't. I don't, I, I don't know if it was a, a pickup shot, but it was definitely, it was definitely like not Joss. It was a second unit director yep. or something. It was definitely not Joss. Nothing I've ever seen directed by Joss is filmed like this. Yeah. The way the camera is circling them as they talk, like it. The lighting was very poor too. I, I, I kind of get why they filmed it that way like i believe it was deliberate it was done deliberately to try and build tension during this conversation between the two but it doesn't work it just it made me fucking dizzy yeah it was not it was not a good shot and i don't believe i do not believe he who shall not be named directed this particular scene and it also sounded like there were certain lines that had to be 80 yard whether or not it was a pickup shot, that I don't know, but it was definitely a, a second unit director that that did that that filmed it. It was not it was not Joss. Yep, I know. As soon as the scene opened, and I could, I was like, "Whoa, this is a pickup shot by not Joss." <laughs> you know, this is clearly some shit done a little bit later uh, by. You know, Billy Bob, the key grip. They're like, here, grab this camera guy, grab this boom, take the two, here's a few lines, go film this however you want. And he's like, I'm going to win my fucking Emmy on this shit. And he starts spinning the camera around and, you know, yeah, not a good, not yeah. a good scene. Uh, so then we cut to later. And, um... and really, if you think about it, that whole scene could have just been not there. Because it doesn't actually that's that scene doesn't actually matter. You know what I'm th- you know what I'm saying? I'm what I'm alluding to. Yeah, again, I I don't know if I can agree with that. Well, because she just shows up a little bit later after having followed him and says, Oh, I just I couldn't wait till tonight at nine, you know. And I'm like, well, right. why couldn't they? Have, they could have just simply had her follow him and find him at this place, and so that little scene they did didn't even need to exist. You know, I'm just saying. They might have needed it for runtime reasons, you know. Right. Well, and that's part of the reason why I don't. I don't think it was filmed later on as a pickup shot because there is that specific dialogue later on, where she's like, "Well, I couldn't just wait till tonight." Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's goofy, 
regardless. Um. So we cut to later on, and we're inside Sunnydale High, and Xander and Willow are sitting on some steps in the hall, and Buffy walks down the steps behind them, and um, Willow gets up, and Buffy's kind of reluctant to look at her, and Willow asks if Angel told her, and Buffy says he told that Angel told her everything, and yeah, Willow apologizes for keeping stuff from them, and um, you know, it's just that Angel was concerned, and you know, they didn't want to say anything just in case they were wrong about Ford. And um, Xander asks if she found out what's up with Ford or what Ford's up to. And Buffy says she will and um, walks off. And Willow and Xander kind of sadly watch her walk off. And, and they're like, <laughs> fuck you then, bitch. And, uh, and they both fucking give her the double bird behind her back. And... Uh, they're they're sitting there for a couple beats and suddenly Xander's like, Angel is in your bedroom? Yeah. And, and Willow doesn't even look at him. She just nods and she's like, ours is a forbidden love. Yeah. Yeah. And we cut to the back to the Sunset Club. And what's happening there? Well, guess what? It's on fire. And people are running around screaming. <laughs> so uh Ford's at the club. The club. The club and uh, still pretty empty, so he talks to uh, Chantrell and asks. Uh, uh, this is this is the scene where we get Chantrell's name. Ford addresses her. Oh, as that you're right. You're I completely right. Forgot. You're right. You are absolutely right. And uh, asks if everything's going all right, and uh, Diego pops up and insists he has everything taken care of. Um. Ford uh, tells them that the vampires are coming that night to bless them. And um, that's when Diego says, are your friends coming? And Ford's like, well, who do you mean? And he's like, Diego and uh, Chantrell tell him that, you know, two guys and a girl that knew him had stopped by the night before. And um, Ford begins, starts rubbing his head and, and uh, he's angry and, why didn't you tell me about this before? And Diego's like, well, you know, fuck you, bitch. And they start fist. No, he's like, you know, it, it, it skipped my mind, slipped my mind, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, uh, where am I lost my place? Yeah. And then come to find out Buffy is standing up on the top of the stairs, has heard everything and immediately kills them all. And the episode's over. Thanks for joining us this week, folks. I've been <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> so she's heard it all, and she says, um, "He Ford looks to Diego and says it's getting a little drafty in here." And uh, Diego goes up to stand by the door, and Buffy uh, accuses Ford of being a liar, and she comes down the stairs to face him, and he's like, "Well, you know, everybody lies," and. Buffy's like, you know, she demands to know what the fuck is going on. And Ford just flat out tells her he's going to be a vampire. And Buffy, uh, Buffy's like, vampires don't just turn anyone, which I have a problem with that because we've seen 
it seems like they will just turn anybody in this show, like, literally. But anyway, and then she realizes, oh, you must have offered him something. Go, go ahead. I think, so I agree with you to the extent that I think, like, what's the best way? The the good vampires, and when I say good vampires, I don't mean, like, like angel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, the vampires like spike yeah or or even the master yeah like i think those vampires do tend to be very or even angel back in the day when he was angelus i think those vampires do tend to be a little picky about who they turn into vampires yeah and then i think there's like just like the dimwits that we run <laughs> that'll just turn everybody that just turn everybody <laughs> yeah. and that's why you have like these dimwit dumbass vampires running around like spikes lackeys yeah you know yeah but anyway go ahead no it just it, that's when buffy realizes that ford must have offered them some kind of a trade and realizes that he must have offered to give them her um It, she and she says, "Well, you must have realized that 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 I'd figure it out." And he kind of laughs, and he's like, "I did realize, and uh, in fact, I counted on it." And you know, it's apparently this is all playing out just like he wanted. Um, and just then, Diego slams that that big interior door that you had been explaining earlier, where they were cutting off the. Uh, inside uh, doorknobs and whatnot. And uh, Buffy runs up the stairs and tries to open it, but no go. And the group kind of explains that the door's been specially rigged, and once it's closed, it can only be opened from the outside. That the vampires will be coming at sundown, and uh, they're going to change everyone in the club except Buffy, of course, who they're going to kill. And Buffy immediately starts looking for ways to escape, and... uh, Ford explains that this is actually an old bomb shelter. Um, he says, I knew I couldn't overpower you, so instead I trapped you. And Buffy's basically begging him to let the other people go. And uh, But they're all like, you know, we know we want to be here. And she, she tries to explain to him that you're going to be killed. You're just fucking food. You're not gonna, they're not going to turn you into vampires. You know, you're just fucking a buffet and of course they don't believe her and um, the little alarm thing goes off and uh, that signifies that it's now sunset and uh, Spike back in his little place has realized that it's it's showtime and he's gathered up his gang of goofy minions and giving them instructions um before he turns to Drusilla, and um, she's actually going to come with. So she's she's gotten a little bit stronger, and he's like, are you sure? And she's like, yep, I need a treat. Of course, she says it in her weird Drusilla way. We cut back to the bomb shelter, and Buffy's on the balcony, still looking for a way to get out, and Ford's following her around and kind of compares her persistence to his own, and uh, she gets really pissed and uh, turns and tells him that, you know, she's like, everyone in here is going to be killed. 
and she realizes he know, he re, he knows the wannabe vamps um, are going to be killed, but he assures you know he assures her that his deal is set, that he's good, he's going to be turned into a vampire, and she tries to explain to him that becoming a vampire is not really living forever, like. You will die, your soul will leave your body, and then a demon soul sets up shop in your body. Yeah, they'll have your memories and all that kind of shit, but it's not you. You're gone. And he's like, well, you know, it's, it's better than nothing. And she gets more pissed for him being willing to give up, you know, his own life and sacrifice innocent people as, you know, collateral damage. And um, then he gets really pissed, and he's like, you know, these people have all had a choice, and and I didn't, basically. And I, I've got a clip I'm going to play here, and this uh, kind of explains it. Ford, these people don't deserve to die. Well, neither do I. But apparently no one took that into consideration, because I'm still dying. I look good, don't I? Well, let me tell you something. I got maybe six months left, and by then, what they bury won't even look like me. It'll be bald and shriveled, and it'll smell bad. No, I'm not going out that way. I ain't going out like that. So, uh, uh... So, yeah, he's got brain cancer, apparently, that's eating up his brain, or as he says, liquefying his brain. And um, Buffy still insists that, that, you know, he's got a choice. It's not an easy one, but it's still a choice. And murder is not the right, the right one. And she just kind of realized, then she finally realizes that his, you know, rejection of right and wrong has as much to do with, you know, the drama and the fantasy going on inside of his own head as it does with the pain from the cancer. So she's, she kind of just realizes he's a lost cause. Um, and she tells him that if vampires come in and start feeding, she's going to kill him herself. And, uh, just then you hear the, the sound of, uh, the cars pulling up, roaring up outside and Buffy runs down the stairs again to, to, uh, warn everybody. But, uh, Ford all of a sudden comes up behind her and just smokes her in the back of the head with a crowbar. Um, she falls down the rest of the steps and onto the floor, and he comes down and smokes her again with it. And uh, the door opens, and who is it? It's Spike. And the the Chantrell meets him there, and he's vamped out, and he kind of growls at her, and she's... I think suddenly realizing, uh-oh, maybe I was wrong, and he grabs the choker and pulls it off her neck, and uh, he says, take them all, but leave the Slayer for me, and uh, and he bites down on Chantrell, and then all the vamps pour in, and they're all on all the different wannabes feeding on them, and Buffy looks up and sees... Um, Drusilla kind of standing uh, by herself, more or less. So she runs and does a Slayer jump up to the top platform, pulls herself over the railing, 
gets behind Drusilla, pulls a spike, a stake out, and puts it to her chest and yells for Spike. And Spike looks over and he says, she basically says, call him off or your girlfriend's going to fit in an ashtray. So uh, he does. He tells them all to stop immediately. Um, um, yeah, so anyway, so he, uh, he gives the order. They all stop. Um, and she, by the way, at, at this point, she had, she had KO'd. I'm sorry, I missed this in the thing. She had uh, KO'd Ford, and uh, he was kind of out already before she had jumped up to do this thing with Drusilla. And she um, she kind of positions herself between... Uh, she has her back now to the, to the open door from where the vamps had come in, and she shoves Drusilla into Spike and turns around and runs out the door and turns and slams it shut. And, uh, just as Spike gets to it, and, uh... When I was watching the episode, I was like, wouldn't it have been funny as hell if, uh, once Buffy had herself positioned between the open door and Drusilla, like, when she pushed Drusilla, instead of pushing Drusilla into Spike, she pushed Drusilla into the stake. Oh! And then dropped the... And then took off and ran. Yeah, yeah. That would have been cold as... Fuck. Fuck yeah, it would have been. And then just like looked at Spike and been like, oops, and yeah. then ran off. Oopsie. <laughs> but uh, then he looks down and he goes, where's the doorknob? And realizes that they're fucking trapped down there. And then what happens, James? Uh, we cut to the alley and everything's on fire. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, uh, Buffy comes out of the club and um, um, everyone that was in the club are kind of comforting each other and, and whatnot. And Angel walks up to her with Willow and Xander trailing behind. And Buffy tells them that they're just in time. And Willow asks if they're vampires. And Buffy says they're they'll contain they're contained, but they'll get out eventually. And they should probably go. And she says we can come back when they're gone. Xander said, and Xander asks, come back for what? And Buffy kind of sadly looks back towards the door and says, for the body. And we cut back inside the club, and they're banging on the doors, and Ford wakes up, and um, he asks what happened. And Spike tells him that they're stuck in a basement, and Ford asks about Buffy, and Spike says she's not stuck in the basement. And Ford's like, well, <laughs> fuck you, dude. I, I handed her to you. She got away. That's your fucking problem. And Spike's all like, yeah, I guess so, brah. And Ford says, so what about my reward? And they just stare at each other as we dissolve into the next day. And Buffy comes back into the sunset club and the door is all broken and twisted and pulled away from its from the uh, frame twisted steel and, and sex appeal and uh, she looks down the stairs and sees Ford laying there and she 
walks down the stairs and kind of reaches out and touches it, touches his dead body. And that dissolves us to the cemetery. And it's nighttime and Buffy has tears in her eyes and she's laying some roses on Ford's grave and um, she stands up again and walks back and Giles is there and she says she doesn't know what she's supposed to say and Giles tells her she doesn't need to say anything and Buffy says it'd be easier if she could just hate him and that she thinks Ford wanted her to and that it made it easier for him to be the villain and really he was just scared and Giles says yeah he supposes he was and Buffy says nothing's ever simple anymore she's constantly trying to work it out who to love and hate and trust and says the more she knows the more confused she gets and Giles says he believed that's he believes that's called growing up and Buffy says she'd like it to stop. And Giles says he knows the feeling. And Buffy asks if it ever gets easy. And at that point, Ford busts out of his grave and turned into a vampire, just like he just like he wanted. And he attacks Buffy, and she doesn't even think twice about it. But no more effort than swatting a fly. She drives a stake right into his heart and he stumbles back and looks at the stake and back up at Buffy as he bursts into ashes and Giles says you mean life and Buffy says yeah does it get easy and Giles says I don't know what you want me to say and she kind of gives him a sad look and says lie to me and Giles thinks for a minute and he says, yes, it's terribly simple. And they start to walk walk away. And he continues on. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. And we always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. And Buffy says, liar. And fade to black. That's the end of our episode. That is the end of our episode, um, which I thought went fairly quickly. This episode, it, it moved. It was one of those episodes that had a had a pretty quick uh, pace. It did. It had a good clip to it. I I too was surprised when it was over. I was like, "Wow, really? Like, doesn't seem like forty five minutes just passed." But but it had. Yep. So let's rate this bitch jeremy okay how many underground vampire counterculture clubs are you gonna give this episode holy shit i'm gonna give this episode two and a half underground vampire culture clubs um wasn't one of my favorites here's the thing i think the premise was awesome and I think a premise like this done in, like, say, a two-parter with a, um, uh, not necessarily a likable, but but a uh, 
an antagonist you could actually sink your teeth into and feel a little bit for, you know, and the and like I don't know. This just I think this would have been a killer, like say season six, season five, season six episode. Um, but here as it is, you know, being a, just a one one episode deal, kind of a throwaway. Uh, you don't really give a fuck about Ford fuckface at any point, um, or at least I didn't. Um, yeah, it just it was just kind of one of those episodes that I and th- this has happened before where I'm like, oh man, if this had been like a later, say a season six somewhere in there episode, it would have been really good. But uh, yeah, just kind of one of those episodes for me that's just kind of there, nothing, nothing stellar. Not it wasn't horrible by any means, you know. It just it was just one of those what I consider a an average episode. Um, but yeah, the antagonist I felt was very kind of weak. I just, I didn't give a flying fuck about him, what happened to him one way or the other. And, but yeah, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, opinion and I'm sticking to it. So James, how many roughly fluffy pirate shirts would you give this episode? I am going to give this episode four oh. roughly uh pirate shirts okay i i really enjoy this episode uh i it's i watched this episode and it, it was outside of halloween it, this was the first episode in our revisiting this series that i was like this is the show i remember um yeah i i uh i the the dialogue was on point um i i liked the character development um in this episode um the getting more of angel's backstory as angelus fleshed out um and we find more he's of, one sick fucking puppy <laughs> um more of Drusilla's backstory fleshed out. Um, I liked the parallel of of um, Angel's jealousy uh, over Ford and Spike's jealousy over Angel. Um, uh, it it was a really good episode, to, in my opinion. I really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I think the dialogue was on point. I think the story was great. I I think it was um, uh, it was uh, I don't what uh, the best way to put it. Um, I feel it was multi layered. The story, um, uh, the exchanges between Buffy and Ford. Um, uh, at the towards the end, there were it, very good. It didn't necessarily make Ford more likable, but uh, I it did it did add an element of sympathy to him, in my opinion. Um, I I loved the final exchange in the cemetery between Buffy and Giles. Um, but like we said before, I think we've kind of we've gotten over that hump of the of every week, you know, 
the confrontations between Giles and Buffy over her duty as a slayer and and her wanting to be a 16 year old high school girl. We've we've seemingly gotten over the hump of Buffy's and Angel's will they won't they, you know they're you know it's it's all it's all come together at, in this episode. Um, yeah, and like I said before, it really. When it was over, I I sat back and I was like, "This this is the show I re- I remember." Well, so, as you yeah. as you prophesized earlier, we definitely had very differing opinions on this episode. <laughs> you know, like I um, said, I I didn't hate it at all. I didn't think it was terrible. It just to me, it was just one of those episodes. And this this is an episode I I would put on the show this to a friend mm. to get them interested in the series. Wow, you are going balls Best. deep in this episode, my friend. It was a it was a good episode. Wow. So I I really I I think this you know, as much as Halloween set the standard for obviously future Halloween episodes, mm-hmm. but also kind of the irreverent and goofy episodes, I think this episode kind of sets the standard for for the the more um hit you where it counts episodes you know so but yeah okay four roughly pirate shirts why don't we uh talk about some body counts and monsterology uh there's really no monsterology this week um you know just the standard vampires vampires. um the but the overall theme of um someone like kind of faced with their own mortality and trying to gain immortality. I, I mean, I think we all know it's kind of um, sometimes it pops it's, up. Yeah, sometimes it's done really well, and sometimes it's done like yeah, this shit yeah, whole episode. It, I mean, what? It, it pops up all over storytelling, science fiction, fantasy, horror. Um, so um, it's not it's not an entirely new theme or, yeah. or concept. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah, uh, our body count this week is four. Now, no, none of the uh, wannabes died, right? Other than, other uh, than, no. other than, um, Ford, other than Ford Fairlane, yeah. yeah. Okay. Nope. Nope. All righty. Uh, a little behind the scenes this week, uh, not a whole lot. Um, the vampire. Uh, who says the vampire who says hi to Willow and Xander, the guy in the coffin, right? When they visit the Sunset Club, uh, that was the show's makeup supervisor, Todd uh, Ma- uh, McIntosh. Oh, okay. Uh, this episode pulled in an audience of 3.4 million households when it originally aired. <sighs> that is so many, man. That is that is it is that it is. is such a good um, show. People just don't understand, man. And I I forgot to pull the rating um, last. That's week basically for, that's that's basically like seven but, million viewers. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, because each household counts as two viewers. Yep. Um, but then you have to presume that more than more than two. So the Nielsen ratings obviously automatically presume that more than one person in the house is watching the show. That's where we get how the you know they each, average it to two. Right, each household counts as two view two viewers, mm-hmm. but then you know there are multiple households. More than two people are watching that show at right. a time, so they just figure um, it, it all averages out in the end. 
right. Um, with right. some households with less, some with more. If the count right. each is two, they figure it. But goddamn, seven million viewers. I mean, do you realize oh. what some of these shows today, what they would do to have those kind of numbers every week? <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean, those are oh, like yeah. Game of Thrones numbers. Like when they when when Game of Thrones was at its hottest, and they were like, "Oh my God, this is the biggest show in TV." That's the kind of numbers they were doing. Oh, this yeah. is the kind of numbers that that television shows used to do every day, and right. every time slot. The good, the know. good ones. Well, They're yeah, really the good, good ones. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying um, it, it was very common back then. And right. Wow. Right. Um, and I think like you know where. We're holding steady, you know, like I said, I forgot to pull last week's. Yeah, we're normally uh, in the threes. Audience, in the threes yeah, we're, there. We're holding, we're holding that is tight a hell of a... in the, in the, in the three plus million. And now you know uh, why the series went household. seven fucking seasons. Because oh, yeah. they're like, fuck, oh, yeah. this is a, this is a cash cow. You know, why would we let this go? Right. So. Right. Um, our bronze band this week was Willoughby. Willoughby? Willoughby. Our music this week, our featured music, was Lois on the Brink by Willoughby from the album Be Better Soon, released by Fuzz Harris Records in 1995. Uh, Fuzz Harris? Fuzz Harris. You know, that's Xander's secret uh, record label. (laughs) No, that's that's his AOM Instant Messenger name. Fuzz Harris ninety five. Fuzz Harris, no. It, you know it would be Fuzz Harris sixty nine. <laughs> you know this. Come on. He's doing. He's doing uh, ASL checks. Uh, in yeah. The AOL chat ASL. Room. Oh, you're only eleven. For yeah. for anyone listening who may be uh, too young to know, the ASL checks were age, sex, location checks that would pop up in uh, chat, rooms. chat rooms of old back in the day of ye olden times of ye olden times back when back when your your host was just young whippersnappers yep. on the internet we communicated via typing on the keyboard <laughs> oh. um, and that was that is the song that's featured um uh in the background of the at the bronze um while willow and xander are playing pool with ford Pocket. Uh, also, Neverland by Sisters of Mercy from the album Floodland, released by Merciful Release in 1985. You know, I don't remember any music in this episode. <laughs> that uh, not not one bit. Uh, this is the song that's playing during Ford's first visit to the Sunset Club, but it was only used in the original airing of the episode. Subsequent airings. Uh, the song has been replaced in that scene by Blood of a Stranger, written by series composers Sean K. Clement and Sean Murray. All right. Uh, goof em ups and oopsies. My favorites. I, I, I didn't catch anything this week. Uh, I didn't. Need, I, I, but, no. I, you know, I loved. I'm so laser focused in when we're in the bronze, though. I'm constantly looking for food so that I can continue to add that to our... Uh, Yes. to our uh, I, menu. I you know, I completely forgot about it this week. So what is our what is our menu look like so far? We've got um, cornbread buttery, muffins, cornbread muffins, buttery croissant, croissants, croissant, uh, raisins, boxed pre-packaged sun-made raisins. Um I feel like we're forgetting something. 
the caramel apples. The caramel apples from this week. Oh, I know we're forgetting something. I re- I know there's something we're forgetting. If we only had a a, a listening uh, audience that could uh, <laughs> that could uh, build this menu yeah, for us. If if anyone if anyone uh, knows what we're missing or if we are missing, I don't I don't think we are. Oh, missing I really it. feel like there's something we're missing. Um, <sighs> Maybe I'm wrong, but I just I get that feeling in my gut that we're forgetting something. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, if anyone's listening uh, knows if we're missing something, let us know. Yeah. Uh, Silver Siren, uh, it's, uh, yeah. that's a call out to you. Yeah, yep. you're our <laughs> only know. listener. Help um, us, Silver Siren. You're our only hope. You're our only sausage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so that's all I have for this week, Jerome. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Joe Mose. Yeah. Do you have any uh, final thoughts? Um, again, I don't want it to sound like I hated the episode. I didn't hate it, but it was just a, you know, meh, 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 meh. I get it. Listen, I don't, I don't begrudge you your, your opinions. uh, Well, that's what you say now, but as soon as we stop recording, you're going to cuss me out. (laughs) Uh, You motherfucker. (laughs) Your opinions of this or any episode. Uh, listen. Last week, and you, you know what? I mean, it's bound to happen again uh, over, you know, uh, six and a half more seasons of mm-hmm. this and, and five of Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, where There's going to be future episodes where we completely agree on everything. Our ratings are in line. Our opinions are in line. But if it was that way every week. It would be a pretty fucking boring podcast. Right. This would get boring real quick. So, James, are you in complete, a total agreement with me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Right. It, it would get boring very quick. So, you know, uh, it, it, it is it is, you know, uh, it's good that we have uh, differing opinions like this. Um, it's good. So, but but yeah, that, those are my final thoughts. I enjoyed the episode. Um, you know, it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's Buffy as I remember Buffy. And uh, it only gets, in my opinion, for the most part, better from here. So, so yeah. All righty, Ruski. Well, with all that being said, thank you for joining us this week. Um, tune in next week. We'll be diving into uh, Season 2, Episode 8, The Dark Age. Yes, we will. Jeremy, yes. real quick. Yes. Um, would you like to know something I found out recently? Sure. We have a website. Do we? It's BuffyRevisited.com. Wow. And if you were to go there, uh-huh. do you know what you would find? Uh, porn? Uh, no. Oh. Um, but you would find links to our Facebook page. Okay. And our Twitter. Okay. And our email address, no BuffyRevisited at gmail.com. Oh, shit. And uh, you can go to any of those places and send us feedback. No kidding? Yeah. I didn't even You'll, know that. You will also find a link to our YouTube channel where you can, for those of, for those who uh, aren't currently watching, uh, can watch the video version of this very podcast. But yeah, you can click on any of those links, the Facebook link, the Twitter link, the YouTube link, the email link. 
and you can provide us your feedback, your feedback uh, regarding how you and I are doing as podcast hosts, uh, feedback regarding specific episodes of Buffy and eventually Angel, feedback regarding Buffy and Angel, uh, the series as a whole, uh, and engage us in conversation on any of those topics or honestly any topic really we'd be happy to discuss anything Dude, you, have, you have blown really, my mind i know uh but we would really prefer to engage with other fans uh of buffy and angel and discuss the series and the episodes so you guys should do that yeah absolutely i mean that would be fabulous i am totally right. for that Take a page out of Silver Siren's book and reach out to us. Yeah, because at this point, we, no matter what happens, Silver Siren is gonna is already in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, of of, of listeners. So I mean, you could always join her there. Right, you could be in that upper echelon of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited podcast listeners. Yes, and you watchers. could. It takes very little. Right, and engage with us. So that's it. That's, 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 I just wanted to, yeah, I found that out this week and I just wanted to share that with you. Jim. Yeah. That, that blows my mind. That's freaking it's awesome. crazy. It's crazy. All right. With all that being said, uh, we will see you next week. Uh, I've been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.